And John is standing strong and tall for every word of it. This is the way into fellowship with the Father through the Son. If you know the true God-man, Christ Jesus, the sent one from the Father, the one who was incarnated in Mary's womb, who lived a sinless life and died on the cross an atoning death, then you have fellowship, partnership with God. You are born of God. Welcome, as always, to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of our Free Presbyterian Church in Canada. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. This year, I've been digging into the book of 1 John. I was pressed into it by an invitation to preach at a conference, and I preached through the book of 1 John. I assure you that it has thrilled my soul and it has changed me. It has given me a whole new perspective, uh, not only on the gospel or of God's saving plan, but of the church and pastoral work. And I want you to have that change of heart, because this is not in the Christian church to be a dog-eat-dog world. This is to be a place of refuge of tender loving care. The church is to be a hospital. Pastors are to be as nurses who care in tender love for every soul in the congregation, even that first-time visitor through the church door. And if your heart is hurting today, if you are in need of comfort and reassurance, then I pray that this ministry will reach your heart and bless you to the point where you will be rejoicing in all the grace and all the goodness of God. So stay tuned with us today as we move to our pulpit to First John chapter 1. Chapter 1, how we have fellowship with the Father and the Son. John chapter 1, and I want to give you the statement of purpose for the whole book. The statement of purpose for the whole book of 1 John. You'll find it in verse 3. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you. That, and that's the statement of purpose. It has the impact of in order to. That ye also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. That word fellowship is much more than just coming to a church service. It's much more than meeting a friend and talking and striking up a conversation. It's much more than just saying, we had a great time in friendship together. 
This is the Greek word koinonia, and it means partnership. It's like you going into work tomorrow morning, and your boss says to you, you've been working here for a while, you like your work, I like what you do, I would like you to become partner with me in the business. It's not fellowship, it's partnership. You're going to take on the responsibilities alongside of me for this business. You're going to reap the rewards of this business alongside of me. It's a full 50-50 partnership. And that ought to excite your soul. Wouldn't that be good? Tomorrow morning, out of the blue, your boss announces, we're going to make you a partner. Not just a helper, a partner in this whole business. Well, that is exactly what God has done when he called you to be a Christian into the fellowship of the Father and of his Son. It is a sacred and a holy sharing in spiritual things as a partner. Now, Christians are not just called to imitate the Lord Jesus. Oh yes, he's our example. There is no one that was more holy, more consistent, more father-like, more uh, encouraging, and what blessings came from his life. He is our model for imitation. We are to be followers of the Lord Jesus. But Christians are also partners. We are in fellowship with him in this sense. Now, that happens at the new birth. That happens when the Holy Spirit comes into your heart, into your life, and you are born of God. In this book of 1 John, John quotes that six times. He keeps it before the minds of his readers when he repeats six times that ye are born of God. Now, that has to mean something. Born of God. Born into his family. Born of his nature. Born into his likeness. So that we become partners. Now, the other way that John keeps this miracle of partnership uh, going through the book of 1 John, he speaks of to know God. And I would highly recommend that you read this book through at one sitting. And you look for this statement, to know God. Now, it has the meaning of knowing him in your heart. It's the word gnosko. There's another word, idol, whereby you're an observer. You could be looking in the window and looking, seeing what's going on inside. You're on the outside looking in. You know something about it, but you're not really part of it. Whereas the other term, gnosko, is to know it in your heart. You've experienced it. You have truly been born of God, and thereby you know Him. And we become partners. Koinonia. Sometimes we, as Bible fundamentalists or free Presbyterians, separatists, whatever you call us, we shy away from that word because the ecumenists have hijacked the word koinonia. They have taken it to mean unity between different churches and umbrellas of Christianity, 
Roman Catholicism, Eastern uh, Christianity, Western Christianity, Protestant Evangelical, everything just under Koinonia, one great big circus tent. But Koinonia was John's word to teach born-again Christians that you are in full partnership with the Father and with his Son. Now, let me very quickly give you an outline of the book. Chapter 1, how come? How can it be possible that we could become partners with God? That's the content of chapter 1. Chapter 2 is what happens when you become a partner with God and you're born again. Chapter 3, who does it? And you know chapter 3, verse 1, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. By whom? By the Father. He is the doer of it. Chapter 4 is who cares? And John talks about false prophets, deceivers that have gone out into the world, and they don't care. They don't care to guard the name of Jesus. They don't care about the testimony of the gospel and the church. Then chapter 5, whosoever believeth. That's who can be born again and who can be a partner with God. All who believe on the gospel of the Lord Jesus. So we're coming back now to chapter 1. That's our focus for this meeting tonight. How come, how is it possible that you and I can become partners, koinonia, with God? Well, firstly, there is a revelation of God's Son. And you'll see that in the opening verses. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. There must be a knowledge of God's Son. No stranger to the Lord Jesus Christ can be born again. Souls need to know the Lord Jesus to know the Father. One little caveat. If you have the Son, you have the Father. If you have the Son, you have all of the Son. And you have all of the Father. Now John says that he was an eyewitness of the living Lord Jesus before and after Christ's death. He says that which was from the beginning, we have heard. John witnessed, heard the ministry, the voice of the Lord Jesus. Wouldn't that have been exciting to know someone by his voice? You know how you go on the phone and before you even hear their name, you know the voice. John was so privileged. He heard Jesus' voice. John was an eyewitness. He saw and he heard. He also handled with his hands. This is the John that lay on Jesus' breast. He didn't need to do what uh, Thomas did, who said, I will not believe unless I thrust my finger into his hands or his side. But he did, and he did believe. And so all of these apostles, they heard, they saw, they handled the Lord Jesus Christ that he was really flesh. Now, 
John testified of Jesus' physical nature, his real humanity. And this was pertinent to the day. He was preaching to the issue of the hour because of a heresy, the seeds of which were being sown by Gnostics. And that heresy is that Jesus is just a vision. He is ephemeral. He is just spirit, but no real body. And throughout this book, John gets into the defense, and he stands up for the full humanity of the Lord Jesus. In the early century, this date of John's writing was very close to the end of the first century, probably 98 AD. By then, some not quite 60 years after Calvary, when the church, after Pentecost and church plants were taken off, heresies developed, spewed and skewed ideas on the nature of the Lord Jesus. And the pendulum on who he was swung from left to right. Some said he was divine only. Some said he was human only. Some said he was everything imaginable. But John came right down the middle that Jesus has two natures. He is God of God, and he is man of man. And in that union between the second person of the Trinity, there is no confusion. There's no conversion. Now, our confession puts it that way, and it says that there is no conversion meaning God didn't change into a man, and a man did not change into becoming a God. But the true nature of deity and the true nature that was formed in Mary's womb by the incarnation were fused together in one unique God-man, the man Christ Jesus. And so John took his stand for the Savior. Now, the Lord's unipersonality, and you may as well learn that term. It's a good, guiding, helpful term. The unipersonality of the Lord Jesus, God and man in one person. That made him the perfect Savior of his people. There is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. He's God and man in one. Now, one other detail I want you to notice in this book, that John speaks in the plural. He doesn't speak of his personal opinion. He doesn't say, I saw the Lord. I heard the Lord. I handled the Lord. He said, we handle. And he's speaking for each of the apostles. This is apostolic doctrine. And John is standing strong and tall for every word of it. This is the way into fellowship with the Father through the Son. If you know the true God-man, Christ Jesus, the sent one from the Father, the one who was incarnated in Mary's womb, who lived a sinless life and died on the cross an atoning death, then you have fellowship, partnership 
with God. You are born of God. It's a miracle. Scottish preacher Henry Scargill called it the life of God in the soul of man. Have you got that tonight? Then you are the most blessed person in all of Ontario. Ontario is a big place. There's more trees than people, mind you. Beulah and I took a trip uh, just last weekend over to Ottawa, something we have wanted to do for many years, but until uh, recent retirement, we had no opportunity to take the time out. And it seemed to be uh, a good while before we got around to it, but we set ourselves on our 45th anniversary that we would make that trip and visit the city of Ottawa. Now, GPSs are great, and they are very helpful when you're stuck. But when you're out of reception, they don't really help much. We took the trip from Barrie to Aurelia to Bancroft right over to Ottawa. And there were a lot of twists and turns, a lot of changes of routes along the way. So we decided we won't do that on the way back. We'll make a different route. We'll come a middle route through Peterborough. Well, the GPS wanted to go the old route. And off we went visiting all those trees, all those roads all over again. This gospel, this fellowship, this koinonia with God through faith in the death of the Lord Jesus is an absolute miracle of God's saving grace. And if you have that new birth in your soul through fellowship with the Son, what a salvation you possess. And you are not just copying the Lord. You're not just following after the Lord. You're in the family. You are an heir and a joint heir with every heavenly blessing. Do you realize that? Would you spend at least 10 minutes tonight before you sleep, thanking the Lord for all the spiritual blessings you have in union with Christ. Just a little praise time in your soul with your Lord, thanking him for bringing you into this koinonia fellowship, this union, this bond of partnership. You are blessed tonight. I agree with the Reverend Bannister. The preacher's job is to inform people of how blessed they are. That's what we're here to tell you tonight. And it's all recorded for us in this book. Now, that's a revelation of the Son. That's how it's possible. Number two, there's a revelation of God as the light. Verse 5, This then is the message which we have heard of him, Declare unto you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. Now, I call it a revelation because you'll notice that it's not John's message. It's not merely the apostle's message. It is God's message. This, then, is the message which we have heard of him. Isn't it great to come to the church tonight, and know that you're not going to get the rantings of a preacher in his own little thinking, but you're going to get what God says, what he has revealed of himself in his own word. And you know, we can only know God insofar as he has 
revealed himself to us. God is so immense that we can only grasp what he shines into our hearts and into our lives. God is light. That's Bible speak for perfect. In him is no darkness at all. There's no spot, no gray area. There is no black. He is pure light. Would you turn to the book of James with me, chapter 117? And you have a wonderful little statement there, James 1.17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. The only place on earth where you can stand and there's no shadow is at the equator at noon. There is no variableness. There's no dark spot. And James is telling us that God is perfect light. It's always at noon, no shadow. And John went on to say, in him is no darkness at all. Now, the big question then is, how can we have fellowship with a God who is so perfect and so holy? Well, it is not by dragging God down to human level. It is not by in any way trying to change God into man's standard. God is unchangeable, inflexible in his holiness, justice, goodness, and truth. And if we are to worship God, we must worship him as he truly is, the God of perfection, the God of light. This is the how of fellowship with God. Each and every Christian, you and me, must be brought into the light and walk in it. If we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. That's verse 7. 1 John verse. I will speak in Canada. This is Ian Golliher calling all Canadians back to the Bible. That means back to blessing by following the light of God's own word, which is a true lamp to our feet and a light to our pathway. Ezekiel was called of God to warn the people of the consequences of their sins. Yes, sin has consequences. Just think of what they had done. They had used the gold which God gave them, leaving Egypt, to worship God and glorify Him. They were to build a tabernacle and later the temple for worship, and the glory of the Lord would dwell there. But in sheer madness, in their wild imaginations, they took that gold to make their own gods to worship them. They robbed God of his glory and gave his glory to the gods of the heathen. They made awful replicas of filthy creatures out of God's gold. If you turn to Ezekiel 7.19, we read, They cast their silver in the streets, and their gold shall be removed. Their silver and their gold shall not be able to deliver them in the day of the wrath of the Lord. 
They shall not satisfy their souls, neither fill their bowls, because it is the stumbling block of their iniquity. As for the beauty of his ornament, he set it in majesty. But they made the images of their abominations and of their detestable things therein. Therefore have I set it far from them. This is the issue that caused God's anger against Israel. They took God's good gifts and turned them into abominations, things that offended God totally, things that God could never tolerate, for he loathed them. This was because they stole God's glory. They robbed the Lord of the love and the devotion that he deserved. It would be like Ukraine taking the weapons from the Western allies and then attacking the West with them, raining missiles on Paris, London, or New York. It would be like the government funding Canadians to serve their country, but they take that funding to sell out their country to foreign agencies. It would be like a son giving away his father's keys to robbers who would steal every stick of furniture in the house. God hates idolatry, for he is a jealous God. He is jealous of his own glory. That is why God warned Israel through Ezekiel of his fury with them. He would turn them over to their cruel enemies, leaving only a remnant. And he did. That's why Israel spent 70 years in captivity after being led into exile in Babylon. God doesn't threaten lightly. His threats are as sure as his promises. Now think of what Canadians are doing with the goodness of God today. Think of all the gold that men turn to idols in this land. Think of the Sabbaths that are whittled away in pleasure that ought to be given to God's worship. Think of the healthy bodies that are given over to vile uncleanness, adultery, fornication, and sodomy. Think of children that were given into families only to be educated by teachers who twist their minds and model perversity. God gave those children for his glory. They ought to serve and worship him. They ought to sing his praises and the voices he has given them and follow the Ten Commandments he has given them for their own good and his glory. O oh, Canada, why turn to idols? Turn to the living God who loves righteousness and truth and he will honor them that honor him. Are you not polluted with these things? Then turn to the Savior who is able to save his people from their sins. Jesus saves from the guttermost to the uttermost. Turn to him today. We call all Canadians to turn back to the Bible. Turn to the Christ of Calvary and be saved. Be washed from your sins. Be born again by the Spirit of God. And then you are fitted for heaven. You are listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of the Free Presbyterian Church in Canada. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. If you missed part of today's program or would like to hear it again, you can find it archived by program date on our website. Just go to 
ltbs.ca, CA for Canada. There you can read my blog, find my Bible study notes, audio and video sermons, as well as helpful articles. Or you can go to our podcast on iTunes. We're on the air Sundays at 9.30 a.m. for our full church broadcast and Monday to Friday, 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. on this station to bring you the gospel from our free Presbyterian church here in Cloverdale. We also invite you to our church services on Sundays, 10.30 and 6 p.m. Through our website, you can listen and view to our online services at 10.30 and 6 p.m. Make it your Sunday worship. Click on the Live Now button on the homepage of our website. Or if you would like to talk with me one-on-one as a pastor, please give me a call. The phone number is 604-897-2040. The mailing address is 187 9058 Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3S1M6. We're located just two blocks north of Number 10 Highway on 188th Street. Our website again is ltbs.ca. You can join us Monday to Friday, 5 a.m., 5 p.m., here on this station as we let the Bible speak. Mm-hmm.